RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. A former Justice Secretary says it isn't time yet to call in the PLA to restore order in Hong Kong. The anti-extradition movement prepares for another major protest this afternoon and the financial secretary warns of an economic typhoon facing the SAR. Former Justice Secretary Elsie Leung says she doesn't think the government needs help from the People's Liberation Army to handle the extradition protests because it hasn't become a national security issue. Speaking on a radio program, she noted that in the absence of armed protesters advocating independence, the current situation does not fit the criteria under which Beijing would declare a state of emergency. Here's Ms. Leung. I don't think we have come to such a stage um, that the action would actually affect the unity of the country or the, the national security to such extent that um, the um, National People's Congress uh, is standing committee would need to make any order to declare that this is a state of emergency. The Secretary for Justice, Theresa Zhang, has defended the Justice Department's handling of the extradition saga and rejected suggestions that it's bowing to political pressure. Speaking to reporters ahead of a visit to Shanghai, Ms. Zhang said there was no pressure brought to bear on the Department of Justice's decisions on whether to prosecute. Asked why no one has been prosecuted over last month's gang attacks in Yunlong, Ms. Zhang said she would not comment on individual cases. But she said the prosecution process largely depended on the complexity of the case and on the amount of evidence. She also said the Carrie Lam administration would listen to the public and would seek to be more in tune with public sentiment in future. The Chief Secretary, Matthew Zhang, has questioned a claim by some protesters that their violence is part of a fight for a better future for Hong Kong. Writing in his blog, Mr. Zhang said people who truly want Hong Kong to become a better place won't breach the peace when they express their views. He called on the public to set aside their prejudice and hatred to allow the city to heal. Hong Kong's anti-extradition movement is gearing up for another major protest. It comes after a rare weekend night without tear gas, with protesters leaving Mong Kok before police could clear them. Timmy Sung has details. Chance of see you tomorrow in Victoria Park filled the air as protesters left Mong Kok relatively early yesterday evening. The Civil Human Rights Front is organizing this afternoon's rally, though police have denied permission for a march that had been due to follow. The protest has been heavily promoted across the SAR as a chance for peaceful protesters to make sure their voices are heard and to press home the five demands of the anti-extradition movement. It comes after a week in which the anti-extradition movement has faced increasing hostility and accusations of violence, especially during an increasingly chaotic sit-in at the airport, which saw flights cancelled, passengers left stranded and two people from the mainland attacked. The rally begins at 2 p.m. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan says Hong Kong is facing a direct hit from an economic typhoon and warning of signal number three has been issued. He said external trade has been sharply weakened by a trade war between China and the United States and recent protests have dealt a blow to local spending. He said the raft of relief measures that he announced last week will help Hong Kong brace itself for a storm. Police are investigating a fire on a footbridge in Qingyi at the site of a so-called Lenin Wall. Protest notes posted on the sides of the footbridges caught fire early this morning and a brief investigation by firemen has found the blaze was suspicious. The case has been transferred to the police. 
Elite government document warns that Britain faces shortages of some goods, including medicine, and disruption at some seaports if it leaves the European Union without an agreement. The British newspaper, the Sunday Times, says the forecasts are in the a civil service report on Britain's readiness for a no-deal Brexit. The BBC's Nick Eardley has more. It warns of possible fuel shortages and reduced availability of some food. It also says plans to avoid a hard border in Northern Ireland by keeping it open is unlikely to prove sustainable. A government source said the document was not what ministers expected to happen, but were scenarios being looked at as part of no-deal preparation. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Sport. In the English Premier League, the controversial VAR video refereeing system has once again stolen the headlines. Champions Manchester City look to have grabbed a late winner against Spurs until replays show that the ball brushed Emeric Laporte's hand before Gabriel Jesus slotted home. The game ended 2-2 despite City having the lion's share of possession. Still, manager Pep Guardiola was philosophical. That's what it is, so uh, accept it. So we can do. So I would like to win. We had uh, an incredible performance. So I think it's possible to play better than against a team at Tottenham the way we played. I don't have regrets about, about what we have done. Unfortunately, it's like this. So one hand is allowed it. And last season, one hand from Llorente put it out in the Champions League. So that is where it is. You have to eat poison and thinking for the next next one. Arsenal maintain their 100% start to the season with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang against their match winner against Burnley. The Gabon striker sealed it in the second half after Ashley Barnes' equaliser for Burnley cancelled out Alexandre Lacazette's opener. Gunners boss Unai Emery admitted his side was still learning. We need to, to improve and uh, each match is giving us a lot of information to work in our way. And, and really, for example, today they are wheeled up with their high pressing. I think we can do better for the next, the next day, the matches and, and improve about that. And also, uh, a small detail, we lost sometimes uh, very easy balls. But uh, in general, overall, I think we can be proud of our first match here in this season, and also uh, creating with a good atmosphere, a good spirit with our supporters. There were also wins for Liverpool, Everton, Norwich and Bournemouth, while Brighton and West Ham drew one all. Cricket, the second Ashes test in London, is gearing up for a dramatic conclusion today. Australia were all out for 250 yesterday, leaving England with an eight-run first-innings lead, but the hosts were in trouble early in their second innings at Lords, with Pat Cummins taking two wickets in as many balls. England ended the day on 96 for four. There was a worry for Australia, however, with star batsman Steve Smith forced to go off for treatment after he was hit on the neck by Jofra Archer's bouncer. Rugby Union, Wales are on top of the world, or at least the world rankings, after a gritty 13-6 victory over old rivals England. It ends New Zealand's near-decade grip on top spot in the rankings and comes despite the All Blacks' 36-0 victory over Australia that saw them win a 17th consecutive Bledisloe Cup. The editor of Rugby World magazine, Sarah Mockford, said both Wales and New Zealand will be more interested in coming out on top in the World Cup, which starts next month in Japan. Well, it's actually the first time they've ever been ranked number one in the world, um, ending New Zealand's near decade long reign. So um, it's new territory for Wales. The world rankings are always a bit odd. Like Wales haven't beaten New Zealand since 1953. So it's a bit 
odd that New Zealand have won 36 nil today, Wales have won 13-6, but because of like rankings, who they've beaten, previous results, they have moved to that number one position. If I'm honest, I don't think there'll be no one will be really bothered. All they want to do is be top of the world on the 2nd of November, the day of that World Cup final. In other Rugby World Cup results, Sibusi Nkosi scored two brilliant tries as South Africa beat Argentina 24-18 in Pretoria. Captain Sergio Parise touched down on his return as Italy ran in 13 tries for an 85-15 victory over Russia in San Benedetto del Tronto. And veteran fullback Maxime Medard scored twice as France hammered Scotland 32-3. A decade has passed since one of the most stunning moments in the history of athletics, Usain Bolt's world record 9.58 second victory in the final of the Athletic World Championships. Bolt has long since retired, but his record still stands, with none of of this generation's sprinters getting anywhere near it. The Antiguan sprinter Daniel Bailey, who finished fourth in that race in Berlin, says he doesn't see the record being beaten anytime soon. To be honest, anything is possible. Right now, nobody. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Listen, we're not talking about 9.72 or 9.64. We're talking about 9.58. How many athletes has ever gone close to that ever since the world record? Can you name two for me, please? To end the news, our top stories once again. Former Justice Secretary Leung says it's not yet time to call in the PLA to restore order in Hong Kong. The anti-extradition movement prepares for another major protest this afternoon. And the Financial Secretary warns of an economic typhoon facing the SAR. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, value, value and a new experience. 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 Experience.